And we're back. We're back. We're back. And and see. Okay. So <laughs> that's it. We're done. Uh, very quick episode. It was only 34 seconds. Uh, what what recently came back that we're all excited about is Pose. Going to jump right into this. We have a lot of things to talk about. But Pose came back and boy, did it come back with a dang bang. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. I, I wasn't, wasn't ready. ready. I mean, like, I should have been. I think I kind of forgot how intense the show could be, like, after a year. But, like, getting back into it, it's like, oh, yeah. So fucking cool. good. Yeah, I was scored. I was. I mean, I knew. I'd seen posters. And I was like, oh, yeah, Pose is coming back. Then all of a sudden it was there. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was heavy in a good way. I mean, a lot of the things. Um, I want to say this without sounding like one of those, oh, queer people. But the young children of today stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. And there's a whole bunch of dead folks who are not here today to talk about this pandemic. And I went to my own set of funerals. I related to this episode. I was sobbing like a baby. I was with ACT UP in Atlanta. And all that at action. I mean, nobody was helping us. Nobody was doing anything. So this really captured the spirit of that, you know? And I, I feel like it was so awesome that Ryan Murphy and the creator brought this to the fore. So we're talking about it and we're looking at, at it. And no old queer that I know worth their salt is sitting around going, you guys need to kiss our ass because a bunch of us died. That's not how I mean that. It's y'all don't get to be queer in the streets and do what y'all do without the people before you sacrificing. But we are also so happy to see people getting to be who, they're, who they are, right? So for me, this was kind of like a history lesson, but but without being preachy and in a fabulous way. And you had to have gallows humor about it. We made jokes. And having Pray Tell and Blanca, you know, making these really dark jokes, we did all that. You know, our friend who died, he wanted a luau. And we were just, we were so in grief over all of our friends who were sick and dying, but he knew it would be fun for us. So we opened up his will. He said, wait till I'm, I'm dead. You guys are going to have such a good time. We opened up his wishes, and we had to throw this bitch a luau. And we knew, he knew, he was just fucking with us from the grave. We were running around Atlanta, Georgia, trying to come up with all this bullshit on this list like an Easter egg hunt. And he knew that he would just bring us together, right? So I had that kind of moment with it. And just how well it was done without feeling yeah. too preachy. Now, I'm the old queer saying that. How do you feel... As a young buck, did you guys feel like you were being preached to? We're three oh, not ages. at all. Not at all. I think the, the thing that the show does so incredibly well and I'm like still in awe of is that it handles such heavy topics, but it never feels like a pity party. Right. Like it doesn't feel like they're miserable because they're queer. Right. Like this is a moment in history that we're stepping into, uh, which I appreciate a lot. There was one thing in this episode that that really it, I've just kind of been thinking about for a long time. And it's so like incredibly like s small and like not really significant to the overall thing, but the whole thing with um, the AZT and how uh, the rich people who had AIDS that died, then they would take 
the leftover medication. And I think that was just like another nail in the coffin to me, like on yeah. the government's part. It like was a true thing scale. too. That's what I guess yeah. that sent me over the side because it, you know, what happened in New York, it happened in Atlanta. We did the same thing. You would, you would share medicine and then half of the people you knew who got their hands on AZT, it would fucking kill you. It would fry you to death. So you didn't know. I had two friends stop taking it who were still here today. And then I had a friend who was able to, blow his uh, gentleman caller let's just say from out of town and get his hands on some money to get some medicine and he lived through it too so i don't it was just such a crazy time but yeah we were all having to source and then you had yeah. the you know you had the the nurse you know the friend who's a doctor i mean on the backs of nurses and doctors did we fly and live and they got all of the elements in there. They captured it. And I was just like back in time. But I wasn't sitting there in a pile of tears. There's been some well done um, uh, shows and movies that have, of surrounding this time. And they've been mm -hmm. done well, but they were so on the heavy side that you're like, you know, no one's just going to like line up to say, see Boys in the Band or, or the band played on or whatever it was. Like you just, it's just too much. It's very, very right. heavy. And then there's a really heavy French one, um, three, 30 Beats per Minute or whatever it's called, that that the captured the uh, captured the, the captured captured the French <laughs> act up, and that one blew me away. But again, these they're always done heavily. What Pose did the other night, and it's 90 minutes, was do exactly what you just said, and I love it. Just brought brought the realness, but also didn't just put its purse down in that and just live in that maudlin funeral dirge i appreciated all of it it was just it was just wonderful wonderfully done and then yeah. there was also just the put downs and the cut downs and oh my god forgive me there's blanca but who's the who's the queen who passes who's just so she passes i'm talking about in the street as female as fish um angel no not angel oh, well, angel does pass she's cute she's cute uh, they're all cute. They're all beautiful women. I'm just talking about the, the older one who's the who didn't show up to help the community. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on her Electra? name? Oh, Electra. Electra. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I love that she's just, no matter what, she's just out there in the streets just yeah. being ha. And then Pray Tell, who is not having it, is just reading her in the room and calling her shit and saying, like, you didn't show up for us. Here's your trophy. Yeah. You know? Well, I love that now Praytel is like part of the house and part of the family that he's got a, a much bigger role to play. That's right. In this show. He did have big stuff going on in the first season, but we first knew him as the MC of the ball. And now right. he's got this whole like going up, going to the meeting. And he's like, oh, all these white people. I can't like. I can't. <laughs> and then he gets into it and he's like hearing the message and he's really into it. It was just so beautiful. Again, Billy Porter fucking phenomenal job oh, just yes. everyone on the show like, having it having star his day mm -hmm. and, and again like what we were talking about you had the generational stuff happening you had the older generation who's suffering this way and has been here when things were illegal in stonewall and then you got the young children coming up you know facing things in their own way everybody comes to the conversation and the table in their own way and i love that the show includes that message it's not like you have to suffer the way we do. I don't wish an AIDS pandemic on anybody, but I do think we should never forget um, yes. where we come from, especially during Pride's month, Pride Month. Can't speak worth a shit. My foot is killing me. I almost half broke my foot the other night, so I'm not high on any medicine. It's just I'm crunked out on pain right now, so probably speaking a little fat. I probably always talk like this. 
but I'm extra aware of speaking weird today because my butt's hurting. Uh, let's move on. Pose was amazing. Please go watch it if you haven't seen it. I think you can catch up on season one. Uh, on demand? It's on Netflix. And two on oh, Netflix. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Is this yeah. the third season? Second, second season. season. Second season. Okay. Yeah. You can catch up on the first season on Netflix. So Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if anybody's watching. I'm going to spoil it for you. But we have we have come into the moment where I feel like shit's fixing to happen. You handmaids out there who've been watching with me, you know what we're talking about. You and I have been sitting here watching this. Shortly after Trunk came in the White House, they put this on Hulu, and I was watching it behind the couch. I was afeard. Yeah. It's been ramping up, and it's like... You know, the, like the first, and, and, and you know, if you look at it as a whole, like, this is how the story progresses. But like the first, we're, what are we, season three now? Yeah. First two, it's it's it's. It feels <laughs> like season nine. It's almost been like you know, you get torture the, porn. Torture, man. That's what it's torture I'm like, can porn. Can a bitch like, just <laughs> kill a motherfucker? I want all. Can the, she get at least one win? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what. If all the of chads on this motherfucker don't get burnt to the ground, I'm gonna riot. All these yeah. uff motherfuckers. Just need to die rise. Well, that was that was really interesting. Is that you know what we're seeing now is is um you know what what's her name? She, what was she? She was she was off red, but she's June now. Now she's, she's of June. Howard. Okay, so yeah. so June, but she's you see her like assembling this mm-hmm. army. Well, then you find out about the network and the whole thing. The network that the, yeah. See, this is how it would, this is how all these this is why these regimes don't last. And then, and then, this like, is why, like, if like in the Third Reich, you got flags and uniforms, and you think you're doing great, and they're marching in the street, and everybody's sig howling everybody. Meanwhile, underground, the resistance is fucking your yeah. shit up, like fucking your shit up. And you see, you're seeing the different parts of it, mm-hmm. like when when that one handmaid went to blow up the thing. It mm-hmm. was like it wasn't just like this rogue thing. It was this, it was this, you know, systematic scheduled thing. Right. With multiple people, like you're like, oh, we got a chemist, or like. What was it? it? Was one line was like, "Oh, like her, she knows how to make bombs." Right. It's like, so all right, like, Breaking okay, Bad. Okay, now what? Yeah. Now what we see what we're doing. So when she gets to choose, she cho- she chooses these five women who are gonna yeah. fuck shit up. So this season, I need I need shit to get fucked up. I've been watching. Yeah. I've been watching my girls getting torn to pieces, and now it's time. It's time, y'all. I need to watch. Do you, Handmaid's Tale. Do you think... Um, they released the first three episodes, too, Oh, by that's the way. right. It Thank was, you, Hulu. It was, first three episodes. It was three episodes. It just... Yeah, we just watched it, all three of them, and yeah. it felt like one episode to me. I know. I'm telling you. But, My cousin was texting me going, girl. I'm like, girl. We were all just like, girl. And under <laughs> his eye, motherfucker. What do you yeah. think... What do you think Serena's about to do? If she doesn't get on board... She needs to get, you know, she needs to get what everybody wanted Cersei to get. I, I want her to, like, be set ablaze in the middle of the street yeah. because she orchestrated this shit, right? She had a hand in it. Well, even That's June, she June said she needs she needs an ally in the in, on the inside. And, and she's that's, looking for somebody. That's, you know, she's... I think it's Serena. That's mm-hmm. the one. If, if she, she If she if, does If that. women don't support women yeah. in this shit, we're lost. Well, I think she is because remember she she took off the thing, of, mm-hmm. took off the where they cut her off, baptized her, herself. She went in the water, mm-hmm. and every, every time you go in the water, when mm-hmm. you come out, or if it's raining, mm-hmm. you know that's that's you know transformation right that's there. Show, that's that's that maison scene yeah. trying to tell you something. <laughs> so y'all got to watch Handmaid's Tale this season when shit gonna go sideways. Black Mirror, the latest season came out. I don't know why we just did three episodes. I know they're complicated to make, like any TV show. 
Maybe they're doing the same thing as Handmaid, just three. But in the past, it's been the whole thing released, right? Well, no, that's their entire season, I think. Am I wrong about this? I don't know. I think that's their entire season is three. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. We know how I read these things wrong, but I thought that was it. It was an odd three. Yeah. Very strange three tale. Didn't feel like the Black Mirrors of before. No, the first two seemed very, I mean. We were all talking about it. This didn't seem very buzzy. Yeah. I appreciated the stories, but there was no. The third. They're known for their twists, yeah, right? The third one had that in that. Yeah. The Miley Cyrus episode. I liked the third one. It had the twist. Yeah. But the other two were like, okay. Yeah. The, it wasn't People a, are gay, Howard. It wasn't a, because usually they have this like technology bend to them. Yeah. And it was more, you know, more social interaction. Yeah. So. There was no San, San Junipero in this one. No. I think they're going to release more. Or maybe it's just the three because they know. did they did that uh, that feature length uh, one. All I know is back. I have to, I always forget to appreciate Miley Cyrus. She is very talented. I love her. I really do. She's a very genuine person. She is, she, what you see is what you get. She fucks up. She admits she fucks up. She's a true ally to people. Uh, she's very human, talented as hell, and hilarious, and gets what you say about her. So I always forget to appreciate Miley. I appreciate you, Miley. It's like, it's like I don't, I don't, she's not like the kind of person who pops on all of the social t- information yeah. stuff that I follow. Mm-hmm. But when I do see her, I'm just like, oh, I mean, whether she's singing or acting, I'm just like, she's a very talented person. A lot of people won't let her move past her twerking tongue, wrecking ball, you know, weird phase. Uh, But when you get past that, everybody, look, I was twerking, sticking my tongue out and wrecking ball. I was just doing it like in, you know, in a parking lot next next to the Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) No, I wouldn't get paid to do it. So, I mean, she had to grow up. But I also don't think those things are egregious. She she ain't like she's not like you know trying to pull a coup in the United States. She's not lying to the press. And she's not she's not like you know hacking elections. She's not creating growing up. She's not creating you know drama. I don't think. I don't think so. But even when she does, she apologizes. She just recently apologized about what she was saying about hip hop. So. She's she's growing, and I love that she's evolving uh, in front of us, and she's wonderful. Uh, you started watching the most recent season of Keeping It with the Kardashians. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> what are you thinking of it? Uh, it's it's interesting, you know. Um, it, it's totally changing my pers- my what I my perspective on them. Yeah. Um, I don't hate the Kardashians. No, I, I think you know. Or the Jenners. No. Well, I have a problem with Caitlyn. I have a big problem with Caitlyn not representing and wanting um, that privilege. But I respect those girls, and also yeah. Kim K. She's getting people out of prison. If she got one person out of prison, yeah. and that's all she did, she did more than a lot of people who just sit around and put on makeup on YouTube. She got out there, and now she's trying to get her law degree. She's going to use her influence. She's getting ride chair for people coming out of prison. Whatever y'all think about the Kardashians, you know, they got a lot of power and they can do a lot of good. Yeah. And if now, you can weaponize that for for the good. Yeah, yeah. Like what Van Jones was doing. Exactly. You know, it's like you team up with someone who's got the, you know, the the star power yep. and, you know, the, the agency to be able to to make change, like really 
make change. Right. Because you have all of these people following and looking up to you. People always complain about, you know, reality star running. Well, there's a reality star being president right now. I guess it depends on the caliber of the reality star. So the reality star that we have currently as our president, he's not, he's fucking up. He's probably going to go to prison. But if you can get, you know, Kim Kardashian can speak that language. She can code switch. She can get in the White House with that dude. You get a piece of paper signed. Yeah. And as she said on the show, my politics are different than Trump's. But if I, those people who are incarcerated, they don't give a shit who signs the paper. You know? And I wouldn't ever underestimate the intelligence of Kim Kardashian. I know that's oh, no. a very controversial statement to say. She no. keeps Kanye from like being well, too I, Kanye. I think, I think there's, people who, there's people who hate on them for whatever reason, whether it's out of jealousy or you, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, um, there's misogyny. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's, you know, like I, I, I wouldn't want to be friends with any of them. I just, I, I wouldn't want to do that. However, I respect what Kim is doing. You mean you don't want to be in their purview? You don't yeah, want to be I, under I, the magnifying glass? I don't Me want neither. to be part of a, the group. I don't work I'm not, out. I'm I not a sycophant. I don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. I'm too lazy. But I think what, <laughs> You know, I would have seen just, and I'm just talking about Kim because I, I haven't really been paying attention to what Chloe's my else favorite because Chloe will just be take, tell Kim to go fuck herself. <laughs> Chloe will tell every bitch to go fuck themselves. I love her. She's my favorite Kardashian. I was, I was just, I was, I was impressed at, at you know, and then also, I mean, I like Kylie. She, she, in, Kim's always uh, also is instigating stuff too. Oh yeah, they got to create content. You know? Oh so no, they, it's like, they rise up in the morning, and go, "Who can I fuck yeah. with? We got to do a show. Who am I mad at? <laughs> we need to create an episode." I mean, they got content to make. I mean, I'd be starting shit with people too. Yeah. I mean, that's how, got, yeah, it's easy what content. Is it, what is it? How many seasons has this thing been going? I don't know, uh, twenty yeah, five, yeah. thirty. So. But anyway, I, I but I love Kendall yeah. too. I'm, I'm cottoning to Kendall and Kylie because they're just. Now, Ken, the, Kendall the, and Kylie are, are sisters. And they they're, are Caitlyn and Chris's kids. Okay, got it. Yeah. You know, he's had on them 12, 15 children. Didn't raise none of them. Anyway, so you just started watching it, and you have a new respect for, like, what they're out there doing in yeah. the world. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to keep up with the Kardashians. No. But it was interesting to see. that it's, It was on demand. I wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah, and, and you've, and, like, been a part of that world a little bit. We can't we'll talk about it. And... You weren't around for the Chernobyl conversation because you haven't seen this series yet, Andre. So yeah, you were telling me a cool little thing about it and having not even seen it yet. What was that? You were talking about the composer, right? Yeah. So basically, I, I've been listening to uh, a podcast for a year now, Scored the Podcast. It's uh, born out of the, the film scoring documentary we watched while I was in L.A., um, where every week they get guest composers and they just they just talk about like the process and stuff like that. And they got the composer uh, for Chernobyl, and her name is uh, Hildur Gudnatotter. I think I said sure. that right. I'm so sure it sorry. Uh, it's I'm Icelandic. glad you did it, not me. Gudnatotter, I think is how you say it. Um, and it's it was such a cool conversation. So apparently, um, to she was talking about how she got involved in the process and sh- how she was basically there for from day one so she didn't like come in at the end once all the episodes were done um and she said like wouldn't it be cool to go to a uh now decommissioned power plant in lithuania and record some of the sounds that we hear there and she says, uh, this is her quoting, right before they went there to shoot, I went there to record. I went there with my score producer 
and Chris Watson, who records for David Attenborough Films. So we went there in full hazmat suits and started recording. Wow. And so basically the whole score is sort of born out of just these sounds that they recorded from this decommissioned power plant. And when I heard that, I was like, this, this like new generation of composers coming out, they're going to fucking take over the world. Yeah. Like that is amazing. And this that one's going to glow amazing. in the dark. I, 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 wonder what, <laughs> I wonder what the, uh, you know, what the liability on that is. She said, I mean, like, once when, you when, sign that waiver, once you sign that piece of paper, it's on you. Wow. To even to get yeah. into these zones, the paperwork, well, it's not too thick, but they, you sign shit that says, I can't come back and see y'all later. I'm of my right mind, blah, blah, blah. You gotta they wear give a you basket, a, like, with. Yeah, and they might give people. you an egg basket. <laughs> an right? egg basket. They probably give you a, you know, I don't, surely you have. A modern, you know, radiator yeah. meter, a dulcimer, whatever yeah. they're called. I wonder what the I wonder what the radiation levels were when they went in. I mean, it's, we have I that mean, information? It's, the I mean, it was decommissioned, so it wasn't like a huge risk. But they still obviously had to wear suits. Uh, she said that when they were there, they there was just people like staff working that just cleaning all the time just to keep everything like safe. <laughs> um. But you don't fully ever get away, get rid of radiation. So no. there is some level of radiation there, even in a decommissioned. Yes. Yeah. Because Chernobyl obviously is decommissioned, but it's like the half life of some of those those uh, the byproducts are like hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming they like did all the research and thought, okay. It's safe to go <laughs> to this power plant. No, nah, they're just thinking it. I'm gonna get that fucking Emmy hook or crook, man. <laughs> I think that's uh, cool. I don't know that yeah. I would do it. Yeah. But I admire that. I admire the the uh the the concept, like the effort to like really immerse yourself. Because uh, she also says here, um, it's such a complicated story to tell. What does a cat- a catastrophe really feel like, and how does it sound? We associate certain sounds of a nuclear disaster in those emitters, but there are so many other sounds that are there that were just so interesting to observe. I can only imagine. And the sound in Chernobyl is something that you notice. It's something that really sends it on home. Not yeah. just back that we're back in the Cold War era, not just the fact that, you know, we have this cast, although our big complaint about it yeah. was that yeah. it, it wasn't in Russian. It could have it should have for me been in Russian. I think people would have been fine with it. Um, but yeah, the sound, the music, the score, it's, you're very aware of it and it just makes it even more horrifying. Yeah. And I, I'm just hoping that this, this will just like encourage more of these things to happen, like getting composers in on day one and not as an afterthought at the end of the post-production process. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is changing. A lot of things are changing. I feel like that's part of it. I know, um, I know, uh, Hans Zimmer with, um, uh, what was that last? that World War II one he just did. Dunkirk? Dunkirk. He wanted to use some of the the real yep. sounds of, of you know, mm-hmm. airplanes. I mean, I know that the sound mixers put a, uh, a a small recorder inside one of the, the airplanes just to get that sound. Right. Um, weren't able, they weren't able to use it, but, you know, wanted to use some of that real yeah. sound of it in the score. So. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, uh, that was a cool little fact. Thank you, Andre. 
we did check in. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. My uh, my next guest with David Letterman, uh, as a person who's watched David Letterman like be on the show, you know, start out, sign on the air to this David Letterman, I was marked. It just hit me at how much he's changed. Um, I don't know for the better. It's just a different Dave than what I grew up with. He seems softer. He seems like he's ready to cry. Uh, he's, he's on meds. <laughs> yeah, he's on the edge of his emotions. He talks about uh, being accused uh, by, I think, more than one woman of being inappropriate. He addresses all this stuff on the show, and then he has these candid conversations with, across the board, he has Kanye West, speaking of Kim Kardashian, whom I'd never really listened to Kanye that long. It was interesting to hear him talk about being bipolar and being able to speak out in a very liberal industry and things like that. He had uh, Malala. I don't have Malala's name in front of that me. Was such a, that was a good episode. The woman who was shot uh, for attending school by the Taliban, who won the Nobel Peace Prize um, at, what, 17? Something crazy like that. Just to hear her perspective and to see who she is. Tina Fey was an amazing guest. I was struck by how amazing Jay-Z was. Yeah. There was just so many guests on the Clooney. Oh, and George Clooney. This is one thing that Dave can bring. He's known these people for a while. He's got the star power. And it is two very famous people sitting on a stage talking, but talking candidly. So I appreciate this show. It's kind of like the opposite of comedians and cars getting coffee. Without the noise... Without the cutaways of coffee and yeah, cars the, that Jerry's collected. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate that show. But I like this a lot more because it's just pure conversation. And you're learning something without cutting to a commercial break. It's an uninterrupted conversation that I appreciate. Because you get to learn so much about the subject. And Dave does it like no one else. Although sometimes Dave, who is, you know, older man... He's doing things that I'm like, the old Dave would have never let them get away with saying that. He talks about his son like every episode. Every episode. (laughs) My son, Harry, who's 14. It's cute, though. He gets to do that. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to. Show we're watching that you like is Gentleman Jack. Yeah, I just started it. Saran Jones, you just started talking. uh, We were watching something one night to go to sleep. We like to watch British TV shows to sort of drift off to. Sorry, Britain. Your shows are amazing. And they're comforting like a cup of tea. So I've never really seen a full episode of a Brown Father Father, Father Brown. Oh, no. <laughs> we call it Brown Father. <laughs> Father Brown. We've never seen a full episode of it. So we started like switching because we've been through all sixteen thousand seasons of it, and we started watching Doctor Foster because we saw the picture of Jodie Comer. I'm like, oh, there's Villanelle. Yeah. But to see Saran Jones and to see um, Jodie in this, they're so watered down. They're playing typical women. And then you think of them as Villanelle and then as Ann Lister yeah, or Handsome Anne. And you're like, what? I what these two actors can do in those yeah. two series. And it shows you when you give them the material, yeah. when you have the director, when you have the leeway, you can take these two women in a so-so series that's quaint and cool and meh, And then you have these two powerhouse uh, roles that they have. That's what strikes me about those two. Yeah, it just shows, it, it shows you their... their uh... Their range, yeah, you know. But I think I think the the demographic is a little different of the two, right? You know. Um, I want to go through these other quick things, stuff you should watch. I'm telling you, the Chef Show, we loved it. I haven't finished the entire series, 
But I was very shocked. You know, it's it's um, I done a chef on the show. He's the guy who did Koji trucks. We used to go to the Koji truck all the time when I worked over at the Water Garden. All of the hipsters I worked with, like, got to go Koji truck, man. Got to go Koji truck. They're all about their food trucks. So we go and we wait for, I don't know, a half an hour. Lunch is like an hour and a half. I'm like, I'm not going to stand in line and wait for a fucking Japanese taco, whatever the hell that is. This is when it was like new. And my friends were like standing there, my coworkers. No, you got to go, man. You got to go. So it was like peer pressured into going to have like this Japanese taco, fusion taco thing. And it was fucking amazing. No, it was a burrito. It was a Japanese burrito. It was fucking amazing. And I met the dude who ran the truck. Like, there's, there's Koji himself, man. There's, uh, duh, the guy. And he was lovely and he was great. And it was a really lovely burrito. And I thought it was unusual. And I just thought it was great. And then he's on the series now with, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. John Favreau. John Favreau. And they got together when he did Chef. And he was the guy, he was the chef that he hired to help him, you know, do all the moves. And by like, the way, you like see the, Chef. Like chef is an amazing film. Uh, advisor on yes. that, right? Yeah. So he, you know, he didn't really want to do it. He was like, had a career being a chef, being very popular around LA. And, and so John brought him in. Broy Choi. Ah, there you go. So he shows him like, and all the food work in Chef makes it just work because John learned and that's his hands making the grilled cheese sandwich and so this series is these two kind of going around different cities and chilling and I was shocked to see them gather around the table with the Russo brothers Kevin Foggy Tom Holland and RDJ in Atlanta and I was like what's happening but then I remember <laughs> John Favre can do this he can command anyone he can make Gwyneth Paltrow, sh- Paltrow show up and like make soup like the first three <clears throat> episodes or at least one in three were Avenger related because the first one he had um, Gwyneth Paltrow on there. Right, she's Avenger related. Yeah, oh, they, they were yeah. Avenger related. What was I thought the second one was Atla- Atlanta. Uh, second, yes, yeah, second yeah, or third, yeah, yeah it was yeah. Atlanta. That one too. Yeah, I just so. love the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know she was in the first Spider Man movie. So can we talk about this? She didn't know she was in the first spot. Where, where did this bitch think she was? Did they shoot her like on a green to, screen in her backyard? I mean, I mean to her credit. The scene didn't even have Tom Holland in it. It was right. just a scene between John Favreau and RDJ. So, and it was, it's not out of the question that they could have also been prepping to shoot uh, Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. So it's like possible she just kind of got <laughs> things messed up and just assumed it was just so it was just an Avengers film if RDJ is in it. How but like many her actors- finding out, she's like, no, I wasn't. Wait. How yeah. many actors out there wanted to like slap one of the Paltrow for going, <laughs> I would remember if I was in the first Spider-Man, bitch. I crawl through my IMDb carrot. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm, I keep calling Gwyneth bitch. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. I'm just saying, how do you not know this? I mean, does she look at her check? I guess she don't look at her checks. Because I'll be looking at my checks. She's got people to she do don't look that. At the I mean, she I would be taking call pictures sheet, of my script, checks. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would be on my stuff. I'm like, okay. This is how famous this woman is, is that she doesn't know where her checks are coming in from. Well, the call sheet probably doesn't have the name of the... I'm just talking about the money you get paid for the thing you do. I don't expect her to even look at a call sheet. Her assistant looks at the call sheet. I'm just saying, I guess you're not looking at your money. I don't know. (laughs) Girl, you need to look at your... You need to call up your accountant and see if you got money for that. And now I'm calling that guy up and going, Morty. Did it get paid for, you know, the first Spider-Man that I was allegedly in? Because you know she didn't make, like, scale. 
It was know? it was literally like a two minute cameo. Like it was nothing. Two minutes Gwyneth Paltrow money. What is that though? Hundred thousand dollars? Five hundred thousand dollars? Eighteen thousand? I mean, what is that? It's not scale. So anyway. I'm just saying that's what struck me. Yeah, because it's you know, it's probably <laughs> one of those checks. things you shoot them out in one day and that's it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've got to go to the lot to do this on this day. I have no actress in this town. Let's plan around that. They were on a were on a popular TV show back in the day and they were paid to go to the table read something like seventy five, eighty five thousand dollars, just to give you an idea. And none of those people are even close to Gwyneth Paltrow. Just saying. Whew. Look at your checks, girl. Um, I just finished watching before we did the podcast Murder Mystery. I got to tell you about Adam Sandler. You may not love everything that he does, but he's like pizza. Cold pizza, old pizza. Sometimes, you know, if it's got pineapple on it, you just peel that off and eat it. I love (laughs) his stuff that's landing on Netflix. It's just a fun time. My foot has to be propped up. I have to keep it iced because it turns into like, you know. It's turning into a big old pillow. but So I'm, having, I'm immobilized on the couch, and I'm watching a lot of television. And so I clocked Murder Mystery before I walked in here, him and Jennifer Aniston. It's so fun. If you're looking for something just to sort of like take in this weekend, it's clever. It's hilarious. It's very Adam Sandler. And to see him on screen with Aniston, who's just such a sport. She's a, she's a great comedian uh, actress to me. I love when she does the silly stuff, when she just does – just comes in and owns it. She's hilarious in this. And the two of them together are great. You got you to watch it. Wasn't he just on SNL recently? Yes. Yeah. And I loved his stint on SNL. Yeah. He was great on <laughs> SNL. <laughs> they were good I've, skits. I've grown to truly appreciate Adam Sandler. And I've always loved my girl, Jennifer. Just love me some Miss Aniston. Um, real quick. I know we're running out of time. What we do in the shadows, please watch it. It has a great I won't spoil it. The first season of What We Do in the Shadows, based off the movie, loosely, well, they feel the same, different cast. Uh, you got to watch it. That twist at the end had me howling. I thought, where is this heading? We're just having jokes. It's like The Office with vampires, you know? There's just some really funny stuff that goes on. You have uh, to to watch those last two episodes tonight. I swear to God, you're going to love it. That's all I need? Just the two? Just the last okay. two. Uh, and a reminder that Drunk History is back tonight. We have a friend who works on the show. She does the makeup. Shout out to Abby. Um, if you haven't been watching Drunk History, it's always been consistently good. Now's the time to start watching Drunk History because you have all these seasons. And you get to go uh, who threw up the most, who Who's, fell out of the chair the most. What uh, network is that on? I want to say Comedy Central. Okay. Um, I think I end up watching it through Hulu, but it's Comedy Central. The documentary now is on Netflix. If you haven't been clocking the docu- documentary now's, um, they're hilarious. Bill Hader, Seth Meyers, and Fred Armisen um, work on the show together. A lot of them are written by Seth Meyers. John Mulaney also has a huge hand in, in shaping some of these stories. The thing about Documentary Now is you have to have seen the original documentary or know the persona that the, to get the full joke. And I've seen a lot of documentaries. So every episode I'm howling because they're just nailing it. They do all kinds of spoofs of like music uh, bands. They do the traveling salesman documentary spoof. They did the food documentary. Oh yeah. And the guy from, um, um, Guillermo from, uh, what yes, from What We Do in the Shadows is in that, that the food documentary yeah. one. The first episode that I saw last night 
was this, the Norwegian town that has an Al Capone week and has an Al Capone lookalike contest. Just, just silly, just hilarious. Some of them are original documentaries, like that one. I think that's original. It's not based on anything I remember. And then there's all these SNL alumni showing up to be on it. It's, they can call up anybody to be on the show, and they do. It's amazing. And last but not least, for my end, is Tales of the City. Just clocked the first episode of Tales of the City. This is, um, I saw the original series back in the day, probably maybe PBS. So they brought it back around. It's sort of a revisiting um, the house in San Francisco. If you're totally into getting all your full queer stories in, you want something really fresh and really fun, kind of feels a little bit like looking, feels really San Francisco-y, please watch it. Um, Tales of the City, it's on Netflix right now. You'll recognize a lot of the faces like Ellen Page. Um, and I can't remember the rest of the cast, but... Laura Linney's in that, right? Laura Linney. She's doing Ozark, Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. That's coming out soon. Laura's had an amazing career. Like, man, that was, there are actors who yeah. would like make a make a deal with the devil to have her career. <gasps> oh, maybe she did. Uh oh. Her secret's out. No, she's just good. <laughs> and do you have something on your radar? Yeah. Um, so I've been winding down from all the like the TV I've been consuming, finished the first season of Killing Eve. Uh, finished looking. That was amazing. Yes. Um, Speaking of so, San Francisco, yeah. So this this show came on my radar. I, I saw it trending on Twitter, so I, I looked at it, and I saw the premise, and I thought it was really interesting. So basically, the show is called Songland. Uh, it's a Hulu show. And basically what it is, is at first blush, it looks and feels, well, not feels, it looks like another The Voice type of show. Um, it's It's competitive. And it's talent based, but it put it shifts the the spotlight from singing like vocal talent to songwriting, and the art of like creating a song that can exist in pop music essentially, uh, popular music. And so I'm watching the first episode, and they have like weekly guests come on. So the first episode is like John Legend, and he's on the panel, and you have three other producer songwriters. Esther Dean, Shane McNally, and Ryan Tedder. If you don't know their names, it's not surprising. Songwriters don't get a lot of credits nowadays. <laughs> that um, but basically, people will come in and they'll perform their song and they give notes on it. And like sometimes in the moment, they'll just be like, and what's amazing to me is that they listen to the song once, they haven't heard it ever before, and then they have pianos and guitars next to them and they just like, immediately start replicating it and then trying out new things on the spot and like vibing off of each other. And it's like kind of amazing to watch like the amount of talent, like coming out of that room is like astonishing. Um, but I've, I've only clocked two episodes. There's a third episode waiting for me. Um, it's really wholesome. It's, it's nothing like the voice or American Idol. None of that fake shit. It's, it's all completely real. Right. And it's awesome. So yeah, if, if, if you need song land, is it one word or two? One word. Okay, cool. One word. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need something light just to have on the background, this is a good show to have for that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least Song check out the Song and Fallout. Yeah, there you go. That's what we can do tonight. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I hear there's a new trailer out. I wonder what it could be that, <laughs> that Andre would like to speak about. A new trailer for what? Could it that? is not my fault that Marvel content... Continues to spew <laughs> out of 
<laughs> out, out of the, of the Disney volcano. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. basically, this past weekend at an E3 video game conference, uh, the first trailer for the new Avengers video game that's been rumored to be in development uh, finally premiered. I watched it. I think it's amazing. Um, unsurprisingly, a lot of people were um, mad and butthurt. Because uh, they assumed that it was going to be an MCU video game, which is not. It's completely separate from the MCU. And the character models are 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 just based on their comic book counterparts. Like, right. they didn't try to make Captain America look like Chris Evans. Like, none of that right. going on. And a lot of people didn't like that. That's fine. Don't buy the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> and scene on that. And scene. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. It looks really cool. It looks very Spider-Man-esque. Spider-Man PS4, that is. Um, I liked it. Comes it. Out it comes out May 15th, 2020. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping what they're doing is actually building a video game universe. So like that game is existing in the same New York City as Spider-Man PS4. I think that could be really cool. I'm not sure oh, if they're doing that. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah but that, that could be something. And then that can branch off a whole other like oh, Black Panther, the video game. Ugh, could you oh, I would love that. See? I mean, yeah. I understand that people would be disappointed if they're not they're turning into their video game and they don't see Thor and they don't see, you know, Captain America. Yeah, but but that's also the, I don't know. I'm yeah, at the end that. of the day, it's just another iteration. <laughs> it's another. Interpretation. It is just another iteration, and again, it started out. You know, I like that it stays in its own world in one way, and then I can also see people do, being disappointed, not to the point of like burning things, you know, yeah. setting cities on fire. I don't think it's gotten that far. There have just been a lot of people voicing some complaints uh which the people at crystal dynamics the video game company said that they heard and that they will bring to the studio and and work on it so i love that so yeah that's really cool thanks for those recommendations you're gonna be busy this summer what are you doing this summer uh today i just got accepted for a job as a game master at an escape room uh, so basically, I get to sit in a dark room with other people and give people clues as they're doing the escape room. Can you fuck with them? Uh, if I want to get fired, yes. <laughs> so maybe on my last day. What I'm yeah. really, really psyched for is that you get to have a code name. So they'd be like, blah, like over the loudspeaker, like, blah, can you give us a clue? So uh, unsurprisingly, my code name will be Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, first of her name, Queen of the Andals and the First Men, Breaker of Chains and Mother of Dragons, or for short, Khaleesi. Oh, I love it. I definitely See, did not rehearse that. All you nerds. Oh, you didn't rehearse that. You didn't have that written down in front of you. If you know that in the from bathroom heart, mirror, like, oh, my God. So you got to. So you got to tell us how this goes. And I, if you can get audio and, <laughs> of someone calling you this. During the course of this job, we have to play it here on the podcast. It's fucking I'll, genius. I'll see how it goes. I'll see how. Because you know those nerds you work with are gonna like do this like for real. <laughs> yes. they're just gonna love it. Did you have you met your fellow nerds that you're working with? Um, I went when I went to I'm the sorry, interview. Sorry, um, escape master. What did you say your name was? It. What's your title? The, the job is game master. Okay, have you called. met your other game masters? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, yeah. it. I, I met some of them at, at the interview. Yeah, they're really cool people. It's a really chill out, uh, environment. So, yeah. Sounds fun. Only the coolest people. Like, I, that's my crowd. That would be the job. If they had that job when I was a kid, I would have that job. I'm saying you're a kid. It's like, if I had that, that, that was even a job, I would have done that straight up all day long. You know, 
I mean, we just called those people when I grew up virgins in <laughs> the comic book store. <laughs> we played D&D after hours in the basement of this comic book store. That's exactly what I thought of escape rooms until I actually did one. Yeah. And it's, it's super hard, but it's like so rewarding. You get the clues and you get out of the... Uh, yeah, that's cool. Do people panic? And, and you have to tell us all the stories. So <laughs> going forward, we got some content right here. This is going to be a content generator and I'm, I'm here for it. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know. And then you'll you be know. like, you're going to be a lifeguard. The other part of it, right? So you'll swim be, coach, swim, swim coach. coach. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be keep, keeping people from drowning emotionally and physically all Correct. summer long. This mm-hmm. is going to be super fun. These are cool <laughs> gigs to have. I'm digging these gigs. Ian continues to do sound, and I'll continue to write. And we'll be uh, talking about not either one of those things, probably. Um. Yeah, that's going to be it for this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back next week with another one. There was, this one was a little bit delayed because I broke my hoof. Well, I injured my hoof. But uh, we'll be back and we'll be telling you about what else we've been watching. Let us know what you're into. Is there something that we're not watching that's on DirecTV probably because we don't have that? Um, and we will, yeah, we'll be back. Take care of yourself and just know I love you. I'm going to go now. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.